Another week, another run of bad news for the MBTA. The agency has been struggling with erratic service issues, budget problems, and some serious safety concerns. The latest shoe to drop at the end of last week, in order to step up and address safety issues raised by federal officials, the T announced that it is pulling back its service levels for the rest of the summer on three of its four transit lines. If you ride the red, orange, or blue lines, get ready to wait. Those three lines will operate on a Saturday schedule on weekdays for the rest of the summer. How did it all come to this, and where are things going for the transit system thousands rely on? I'm Michael Jonas from Commonwealth Magazine. The never-ending saga of trouble with the T is our focus this week on the podcast. I'm here with my colleague, Bruce Mole and Jim Aloisi, a former state transportation secretary and board member at the advocacy group Transit Matters. How are you doing, Bruce? Good. And Jim Aloisi, thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. So, so Bruce, uh, I'm not sure if it was planned this way, but we got what seemed to be like the classic Friday afternoon news dump, a time when, when bad news is sometimes put out because it's least likely to draw lots of attention uh, with this announcement of service cuts on, on the subway. Uh, what's, what's going on here, and, and how come we're sort of suddenly faced with this pullback of service during the sort of pleasant summer days here in Boston? It's, it's not the snowmageddon of, uh, of uh, you know, 2015. Well, it's it's Friday is just happens to fall uh, 48 hours after Wednesday. That's what really happened here um, on Wednesday of last week. The Federal Transit Administration issued five directives to the T and said the FTA has been working since April on sort of studying what's wrong at the T in terms of safety. And it was planning to issue a final report, I believe, in August or at the end of the summer. But they issued these five directives on Wednesday on the assumption that we can't wait that long to address these things. And so they uh, addressed a number of issues, serious safety issues that they described them as that needed to be dealt with quickly. And one of them required 48 hours, action within 48 hours. And that was in the operations control center at the T where dispatchers and supervisors oversee the operation of the subway lines. Uh, The Federal Transit Administration had found that there were a number of vacancies uh, among the dispatchers and supervisors, four at at the dispatchers and two at the supervisors, and that the dispatchers were actually, uh, the T had asked for two more, the operating control staff had asked for two more dispatchers, so they wanted 20, but they were assigned 18 and they only had 14. Long story short, they didn't have enough to do it without working up to 20 hours at a time, juggling positions back and forth. And the Federal Transit Administration said tired people who are, are being shifted around at, you know, at, a, at a moment's notice are not good optimum for safety. So we give you 48 hours uh, to address this. And then they dropped the mic and walked away, basically. And so the T to address it rather than you can't add all these people, you know, in 48 hours. So their solution was to go with a Saturday level of service rather than weekday. And so this will slow down by number of minutes on each line, how often uh, trains pull into the station. So with that reduced level, you can have this lower number of dispatchers handling, handling the traffic. 
And, and Jim, was this sort of in the in the short term? Uh, did the T sort of have no other real choice, or how do you see it? Yeah, I mean, in an environment, as Bruce points out, where someone says you got to do something in forty eight hours, it's un, I don't know what other choices they had in the moment. It's an awful choice. I'm a little surprised, by the way. You know, the FTA puts this directive out. I'm not aware of any evidence that suggests that any of the recent issues regarding uh, the green or the red line, the orange line or a line can be directly traced to anything associated with the OCC. The operations center. The operations control center. I'm not suggesting that they're wrong in their assessment that 20 hours is too long a shift. And so I, I get the point that you don't want tired people whose job it is to watch what's happening in real time and to try to be uh, quickly reactive to situations in a way that prevents issues from happening. And yet I'm not aware of anything that directly is connected to this issue. So it's a little bit odd, but it points to a larger issue, which is, and I've been talking about this tweeting about it, writing about it for a while, which is that when, once we're now in the world of FTA safety inspection reviews, we are in a world where the FTA comes in, they make their assessment, they say, do this, do that. And sometimes they say, do this by a certain time. And then they walk away. And then the T is left with the prospect of either losing federal funding, which is the, the threat that happens if you don't comply or comply. And so we're in a bad place uh, here in the greater Boston area as a result of decades, decades of bipartisan neglect, right? I think it's time, the last thing I'm gonna do as a former secretary whose appointment was announced on a Friday, by the way. So I'm familiar with the Friday news dump. Oh, but that was very good news when you were appointed, right? That was a different era. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was good news. Yeah. Um, the, um, but, you know, as someone who's been in the job and, and knows the people in the building still very well, you know, I'm not convinced that there's any rational way to point a finger and say, ah, you know, it's these people who don't care about safety. Everybody who works for the T, particularly, you know, the folks who've been laboring there for many years, senior officials, um, they care deeply about safety. They think about it all the time. The question is, what resources do they have? And that's where, you know, uh, I part company with the current administration, the governor's office, and the legislature, by the way, who continue to turn a blind eye to the need to increase the T's operating budget. Now, someone could say, well, Jim, you can increase the operating budget, but unemployment is at historic low levels and it's really hard to hire people. Yes, it is. So now we, we know we've got this situation. I think we need to triage it. And one of the things that I've been calling for today, I know Transit Matters officially is calling for, is to get the municipalities and the state and advocacy groups together to really begin an effort to facilitate fast-tracking recruitment and hiring of these positions, right? Municipalities in particular ought to be really good and really tied into the labor and workforce markets, right? 
someone should call Congressman Lynch, who's really tied in to labor. We, we need all the help we can get to help the T fast track recruitment and hiring. And maybe these service cuts can, can be uh, stopped in, in July and not August. I don't know. But, you know, we're at a point of triage here and, and we ought to recognize that. And this is the first shoe to drop. This is only the first shoe to drop. So what, what, what should we be worried about with the, with the other one or the next one? Well, it's a good, I think this is where, and I've said this before, again, most of what the FTA is going to do, if you look at what they did when they had this process in Washington, D.C., most of what I predict they will end up directing to happen will be activities that require the T to make, it, make expenditures out of its operating budget, not its capital budget. And for listeners who don't understand the difference, the capital budget is the budget that you build stuff with. That's basically borrowed money, bond money. But the operating budget is your day-to-day -day budget. It's what you pay salaries with, among other things. And that's the budget, if people remember headlines going back decades, every so often you'll hear T-shortfall coming, T-shortfall coming. The MBTA board says another shortfall is coming next year. The shortfall is in that operating budget. The operating budget hasn't been adequate for many years and re it remains inadequate in terms of its ability to hire and attract and fund enough people and the right people to do the job. And is it is it a budget issue, this hiring? I mean, I'm kind of, I mean, they're short of people, but the other flip side is that when you've got people working those kind of hours, I'm guessing you're paying overtime or a time and a half. So you're kind of paying more in some ways. Right. I, I don't know that this issue is a budget issue, but I was I was responding to your question, like, yeah. what can we expect? Mm. What we can expect is a series of things like this gotcha. that will have a cumulative effect on putting enormous pressure on the operating budget. Right. And since we know, because the T board has said it multiple times that they expect a budget shortfall in June, the legislature should be acting now to prevent this from happening, right? The legislature right now has in front of it, as you know, a transportation bond bill, and they've got a budget. They've got two vehicles that they can use to set aside money so the T has access to it when it needs it for the sole and express purpose of fulfilling the FTA directives, right? The state is flush with money. There's conversation all the time. There was another report today about people wanting to give money away, tax relief. I'm not from Brooklyn, but let me just say, forget about it, right? Forget about it. What you should be doing, Speaker Mariano, President Spilka, and others, is setting aside a sufficient amount of money for the use of the MBTA for the sole and express purpose of fulfilling the direct the safety directives of the FTA. If the legislature can't use excess surplus money, and if the governor can't agree to use that money for the sole purpose of safety and public transportation, then what, can, what, what's, what better use is there, right? Mm. That's what needs to happen now. And then when the FTA continues to pile on its directives, which I guarantee you it will, the T at least knows it has the financial resources to deal with it. Then the mechanical resources, that's a different issue. And that's where, again, I think it needs to be all hands on deck 
I think, you know, the mayor of Quincy is on this board. He should be convening his colleagues, other mayors and town managers in this instance to put together a labor and workforce plan to help accelerate hiring. There's lots that can be done, but it's going to take a community of effort, you know, uh, to do it. And that's where I think we're at right now. And Bruce, sort of help, under, help us understand the situation with the with the T's budget you wrote uh, just the other day about this, uh, um, you know, sort of looming cliff, as people are calling it. Um, there's been a lot of federal money that's come to kind of backstop the T, you know, along with all sorts of other entities, and that's going to be ending. And uh, then we're back to sort of where we've been. Um, what is that? What does that picture look like? And how does that relate in any ways to these kind of problems that we're now seeing crop up? Right. Uh, the only thing I would amend about what um, Jim said is that it, it won't, uh, the, the shortfall, the cliff doesn't come in June. It's fiscal year 24 is when uh, the, the, in other words, the coming fiscal year, which starts in July of next it, year, right? Uh, yes, is 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 budgeted there. You're going to reuse the remaining federal funds right. to balance that budget. But then, subsequent to that, they're going to start hitting this cliff, and that, uh, and it all depends on how ridership comes back or doesn't come back, and how much fair revenue comes in. But it's going to be hundreds of millions of dollars if if it's sort of this moderate uh, increase that they're expecting, it could go up to 400 million and then it steps up in subsequent years. So there's a, a looming problem out there to begin with. And there's a, but even if it happens in this coming fiscal year where the budget is ostensibly balanced, Jim's right, it's gonna throw things out of whack one way or the other. So the fact that there could be money available you know, a sort of special fund, if you will, to address this, that would be helpful, I think, for the T. I'd also like to just raise one other thing. Um, I know Jim is sort of saying it's it's past the blame time uh, on this on this issue. You know, we got to deal with what's what what it is. But it is a this one of the things the FTA pointed out was that Quite a quite a number of workers were not recertified in safety protocols. They have to go through this annually, um, and it, it's just. It, I think that's sort of management 101. If you're if safety is top priority and you are not getting these recertifications, it's just incomprehensible that that was not done. And it seems like it was not a problem because the, as soon as this these directives came out, the T said that will be done by the end of the week. So that was very rapid. They could turn that around. And you just sort of wonder if there's the folks are asleep at the switch at the T. So to speak. So to speak, over these very minor, you know, I, I don't think they're huge lifts or anything. And look, yeah, I mean, look, I think, Bruce, the reality is the people who work for the T, like you and me and Michael, um, they're human beings. I got to imagine morale's low. I got to, you know, they've had a rough patch and it, it's only getting rougher. They've got, a, they're basically in a lame duck gubernatorial environment. And you've got the chairman of the, uh, of the executive director rather of the Greater Boston Chamber of Commerce saying some really tough things this week. So it's very unusual for a guy like Jim Rooney, but 
A former general manager of the T himself, in fact. You know, what he spoke was the truth, and I associate myself with what he said. But that's that's a tell. That's a tell, as they say, right, Mm -hmm. in terms of where the business community is at, because he doesn't freelance when he gets out there and talks. And so but I think I think there's got to be, you know, part of this issue at the T right now is probably morale. And I'm not one again as critical as I am of the situation we're in, I'm not one to bash employees or officials who I know have to go to work every day and get this job done. I want to give them the resources. You mentioned ridership, Bruce, as a factor in the, the budget predictions, which you're right. Imagine what this service, what these service cuts will do to ridership. It's not going to help improve ridership it'll probably suppress ridership, which means the fares will go down or be held down artificially. And that's not good for the budget, right? And so the, the, this action will have other consequences or may have other consequences that make the problem, that exacerbate the budgetary problem. And it, it just becomes, it sort of creates its own sort of vicious cycle and, and I want to be really clear. I'm not saying money is the solution. You need money to hire people, train people, recruit people, et cetera. So you need to have the money. And the legislature should act to make that a non-issue. But you need more of the money. Then you need to have the will, the capacity, the energy, the resources, and this communal effort I'm talking about to actually execute, implement, do so two different things. It's, it's uh, you know, the, those who are listening uh, to the podcast who may, you know, some of the folks I know who would like to offer comments on everything I write in Commonwealth, um, I'm not suggesting money is, this, is the only solution. I am suggesting that it needs, that the problem of, of financial resources needs to be taken off the table, can be taken off the table and should be taken off the table by the legislature and the governor before this legislative session is over, and the sooner the better. And about this issue of ridership, Bruce, you and I were talking sort of earlier today about what struck me about this action by the feds that, you know, it's going to reduce service levels on the weekdays and that it's coming, you know, I mean, all of this whole discussion about what's happening with the T is, of course, playing out against the backdrop of the pandemic and, and you know, that just saw this kind of cataclysmic uh, you know, kind of impact on ridership in the system. And, um, you know, I mean, maybe this has something to do with what Jim Rooney was saying at the chamber. I mean, they're trying to figure out what the business kind of climate and world of downtown Boston will look like going forward. But to the extent that that they try to kind of inject some more life into it, uh, they know that the T is the is the is the kind of lifeblood of of kind of the downtown economy. And so it all kind of fits together. And I just do wonder about uh, this goes back to something, Bruce, that you wrote about also earlier this week, that in this kind of budget push and pull. And speaking of Steve Lynch, who Jim mentioned earlier, is kind of a labor connected guy who could maybe help with sort of efforts to jumpstart the hiring. You know, he expressed alarm a year ago or so when they were talking about dialing back service because COVID had reduced ridership so much that he kind of, you know, backed off of that. But um, but we're in this situation where, you know, people say it's hard to justify the level of service we have with the ridership levels we have, but it's hard to imagine maintaining these levels, let alone 
seen them come back to what they were, you know, in a climate of, of reduced service. So it's, it's like, uh, I don't know, catch 22 on top of a catch 22 or something. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. Um, and I think, uh, Congressman Lynch wanted to see service restored quickly during COVID to its previously high levels or existing levels, uh, rather than be cut back to sort of match the ridership. So, but you know, right now we're, we're through most of those funds. And so I think if, if that sentiment prevails, you've got to do something like what Jim is suggesting. You've got to in, put money into it, perhaps out of the state budget or bonding or whatever. Um, maybe there's some federal funds that are available, but the T is running out of the funds it has. Um, and so I think they're, they took a short-term action that could have as Jim says, negative long-term consequences. Well, we'll see how uh, how Beacon Hill responds to this sort of latest crisis, and whether uh, you know whether whether there's sort of the will to step up with with more money. And it'll also be interesting to see how how this issue now kind of plays into the into the governor's race. Uh, that one quick thing, Michael, before we go, that the legislature might consider two things. I'll give them some ideas. Number one. We've talked about this before. Inexplicably, the current T board shifted a half a billion dollars out of their operating budget. Right? Maybe the legend, and that money is probably spoken for already for capital projects and others. So the legislature could act to fill that void. That's a half a billion dollars. Right? That's part one. Part two, the legislature could agree to assume 100% of the cost of paratransit not just for the T, but for every regional transit authority as well. That is a, as much a human services uh, initiative as it is anything else. There's no question in my mind that the Commonwealth should bear the cost of that, not the T and not the RTAs. And that would take, from the T's perspective, that would free up about 120 million a year. So if you combine those, just those two things that they could take action on now, I think that would be a relief valve and just basically say to the T that money now you need to use that to pay for these FTA costs. And if there are additional cost pressures, come back to us. Right. So there's two free ideas for people if they want to have them. All right. There they have it. Problem solved. Thank you. Been a good uh, conversation, Jim Aloisi. Thanks for joining us. For my colleague, Bruce Moll, I'm Michael Jonas. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. We will see you next week.